You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 21. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Hello, pet business owners. Oh my goodness, it's so good to be back on track podcasting. (laughs) I got a lot of messages and emails from you guys saying, yay, back on track. More podcasting. I know I was away for a while getting married, hosting the Prosperous Pet Business online conference and Ah, it just, it feels really good for me as well to be back. I know a lot of you said thank you. So I appreciate everybody reaching out and letting me know how happy you were to get podcast episode number 20. Today we have episode number 21, and this one is called How to Thrive in Your Pet Business. And it may not be what you think. Alicia Datner interviewed me for the recent conference, and I decided to include this segment because it was very happily received by so many who attended the conference. They really, I got a lot of emails and messages that you guys got a lot out of this segment. And I know for a lot of you, it wasn't what you thought you would get out of it, right? A lot of us think that in order to thrive in our pet business, we have to make more money and, you know, do all these action steps. And that is a part of thriving, but it's only a part. And I just want to share that when Alicia Datner sat down to interview me, we actually recorded one a couple weeks prior to recording this particular segment that you're going to hear today. And when we recorded the first one, it felt very flat to both of us. It just felt kind of dry and a little boring and rote and Ugh, we just, we didn't feel that it felt alive. So we put that one in the trash can <laughs> and we both decided that Alicia would just ask me questions about running a pet business. And I didn't know what she was going to ask me. And we ended up starting by talking about business being my primary relationship. And I don't want to say too much about it to give this segment away because I want you guys to listen to it as it proceeds here. But I do want to say that it went in a very different direction than we thought it would. And a lot came out (laughs) during the segment. And I'm just really excited for you to get a little inside peek into my life and my process around running my business. And you'll also hear a bit about my relationship because that my relationship with my husband, (laughs) not just my relationship with my business, because for me, thriving in business really has to do with thriving in my life. So I hope that you enjoy this segment. I will be back with you on the other end of it. So I'm looking forward to checking in with you after you listen to this. So I invite you just to sit back and relax and enjoy. 
Hi, Kristen Morrison. And hi, everybody out there. I am just completely delighted and actually feel more alive at a new level at this invitation. Kristen, you asked me today to play with you and interview you and talk with you about the Prosperous Pet Business Conference, which you are the creatrix, the fine mistress and person who has brought this all together for these people here for the past three years. And you asked me to come and play and also to have a kind of conversation that flows and evolves and where we just get to kind of get into the juiciest fun stuff about pet business and life and work. And I'm so excited to be here with you today. And I'm also just honored to be your friend for so many years and to see you grow and evolve and to get to be a part of this journey that you're on. And you inspire me all the time. You inspire me with your positivity, your vision, your clarity, and how your work is really like the love of your life in a way, like your baby. It's like what you just get turned on by. You, you love to create. And whenever I talk to you, you have these, you have these beautiful boundaries of like, this is when I work from this time to this time. And, we, and then we don't talk during that time. You send me a little sweet text. And then like, we have these beautiful, spacious conversations where you say, I got really excited about creating this course. And I, you know, and I negotiated this thing with this person. And I, I just love that this is where your inspiration just goes to and comes from. So I am honored to get to share you with all of these people today. And just a moment ago, we were calling in kind of the highest part of ourselves and really feeling into like, what is your purpose here on earth, Kristen? And you said that you got a little emotional and I'd love to hear about that. Well, yeah. Thank you, first of all, sweetheart, for just being such an incredible friend. And for interviewing me every year of the conference, this is the fourth time. <laughs> this is the fourth time, oh my God. I, I know, I know. And you're crazy. just so good and so wonderful. And I know you've got a really full life. So it means so much to me that you would take time out of your super busy schedule and do this with me. So thank you. Because I love you. I love you too. And, you know, I got emotional because you mentioned something about, you know, imagining the prosperous pet business community, you know, watching these speakers and it was like happy emotions, but I felt a little emotional, like a little teary thinking about all these people from all over the world who are trying to create the best business that they can, you know, and also have a really meaningful, wonderful life. And those two can be very challenging. And I speak from experience. You know, I've really gone through the fire in that way of not having a life um, when I owned my business for a few years and really having to reassess and reset my priorities. And it's interesting that you say that my work is the love of my life. My work is a major love of my life. And you know, one of my goals and desires, which I wasn't making space for, was a relationship, a romantic relationship. And I was single for quite a while. And 
I was just super busy and I was really immersed in my work. And what I realized is that work was my primary relationship. And I had to really look at that because I wanted a human to be my primary relationship. And so I had to really reassess that and kind of reconvene with my visions and my goals and make space for someone in my life. And, you know, that started with making space and time that was kind of empty time so that he could come and have some space. It had to do with clearing some space in my house so that when he came over, this mystery man that I had no idea who he was would feel like he had some space. You know, I put an extra nightstand in my very tiny bedroom so that he would have space to put his books or whatever. Really intentional about that. And in 2013, I met Spencer, who is... By the time this conference airs, he will be my husband, which is wild. Um, never been married. <laughs> I know. Never been married. You know, always a heart's desire for me and just felt like it was never going to happen for me. But part of the never happening for me was not making space for it and him. And so he is the love of my life. And my work is a love of my life. I'm so glad I misspoke so that you (laughs) so beautiful and I see that with everything you do in your life where you are so intentional you create space and you say okay now this is the space I'm opening up for a partner okay this is the space I'm opening up for my self-care and my love of myself this is the space I'm opening for friendship this is the space I'm opening for my business. Mm-hmm. And you've done that throughout your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm noticing you seem a little emotional. Is yeah. that, am I seeing that correctly? Yeah. I just was moved by, you know, that last moment where you, you know, you, you said you'd been single and here you are with a partner and both felt like the joy for you and the longing for me and like this sort of, just jumble of like, oh, yeah. I can do it. Anyone can. (laughs) I really feel that I, because I have been single, as you know, for many years and looking and yeah, really depressed about it. You know, it was like so many areas in my life journey and to watch just the moments when you met him and you went on the first date with him and, you know, and he asked you and you said, yes. And like, you know, kind of going from your single time. Yeah. Um, and again, like to draw the parallels of like, I, I love how you are making yourself so vulnerable and accessible and real to people and to say like, yeah, this was a, a thing I was depressed about. And I didn't know how it was going to happen. And it did. Mm-hmm. And again, the parallel of your divine purpose in the world, if I might be so <laughs> um, unsecular. Um, <laughs> love it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like we can we can have this. We can create. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like you just mm-hmm. that's your specialty. It's like Yeah. Oh, I love that. So and good. you inspire, you know. Oh yeah, how close can we Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just your story inspiring and and I'd be curious actually to hear anything about um if it's inspiring to you or exciting to share with us like your career story. 
Well, you know, it started many years ago, and I've shared about this before, but I think some people may be listening and watching and have never heard this, that I really had no idea what I was going to do with my life in my late teens and early 20s. And it was very challenging for me because I just enrolled in college. I wasn't finding the it. Whatever the it was, the career path, it was not happening for me. Similar to relationship, it's interesting. It's very similar to relationship, although it's different in one way. So, you know, I don't know what to make of that, but I kind of took a different path with career where I was so focused on it. And actually, these are the similarities now that I think about it. I was so focused on both career and finding a relationship that it's almost like that locked on feeling. It doesn't allow for whatever wants to show up. We're so, you know, I'm saying we because I work with a lot of pet business owners who are so focused on like making it in their business and, you know, earning, you know, tons yeah. of money. And, and it's like, let go just a little bit and open to the possibilities. And so for me with career, I really had to realize that my brain wasn't figuring it out. Like whatever the it was, was not happening for me. And so I ended up just, you know, working at this piddly little job and letting go and kind of trusting that it would happen. It's different with relationship where I do feel like I let go, but I was also taking action, you know, to be open to finding that person, that right person and being available for that. Getting back to career, you know, two years after that kind of letting go process and just, it wasn't that I, I didn't have fear around never finding it, but it was like more of a trust that I would find it. And you know, we can't force ourselves to do something like I need to find my right livelihood. You know, <laughs> that doesn't happen. For me, it was really like a calling. I mean, I remember the moment as if it was yesterday. I was, you know, walking on a bike path near my house. And as I would do every day, you know, after work and just walking on this bike path, and there was a woman coming toward me and she had the shirt that had dogs in the business name and she was walking up all dogs and there was a phone number. And I said, are you a dog walker? Like at that point, I mean, it was literally what, 22, 23 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And dog walking was not a thing. I didn't know what dog walking was. I couldn't believe that she was actually getting paid. Like you, you put a dog on a leash and then you go <laughs> and, and you back. And you, and you, you get paid for being with dogs and, you know, getting exercise. Oh my gosh. It was like a dream. And I said, are you a dog walker? Like, do you get paid to walk dogs? And she's like, yeah, I have a company. Do you want to work for me? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and she said, well, meet me tomorrow at this coffee shop. I'll interview you. And I did. And within, you know, a week I had dog walking jobs. It was amazing. And I kept my regular kind of part-time work. And then you know, did the dog walking and then it grew to encompass pet sitting and then it grew to, you know, encompass lots of employees and just, it was amazing the way it grew and it grew very organically. And I just feel like that moment for me was very much, you know, 
being open to it, being in the right place at the right time, recognizing it. I'm imagining there are probably a lot of people watching this who may be thinking about starting a business. You know, you don't need anything like a calling to like start a business, but there may be something inside of you that goes, this is it. And maybe it's it for five years or 10 years. It doesn't have to be it for the rest of your life, you know, but maybe it will be. For me, it was 18 years. I had my business for 18 years and I sold it three years ago. I started coaching people in the year 2000, you know? So I've been coaching for a really long time and that became my new passion. You know, helping pet business owners became the driving force and the joy, you know, of my work. And so it was just a natural evolution to sell my pet sitting business at that point. So that's the story of how it happened. And it may sound very normal to somebody, oh, you were on a bike path and you met this dog walker. But to me, it felt very divinely inspired in a way. You know, I I had been looking, I let go, and then there was this. And it felt right with every ounce of my being. It was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I worked for her for three months and then I started my business. And yeah, it's just been an incredible journey. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. And do you think if there are people who are hearing this and they say, like, maybe this is right, Uh Uh-huh. Is that a direction to follow too? Sure. Absolutely. It might not, like, would it, would it always just click and go, no, this is it. Nope. Nope. Everybody's different. You know, some people might need to tiptoe into it. So I would say, you know, get a couple dog walking clients, try it. Get a couple pet sitting clients, try it. You may love dog walking and hate pet sitting. You may take some dog training classes. You may love dog training and like pet sitting, dog walking. No. 
you know, see what you want. Maybe shadow somebody who's doing this, you know, follow them around on a day, an average day and see if it's something that you enjoy. They'll love it. They'll love the help. You know, you could just call somebody in your area and say, I might want to do this. You know, would you, would it be okay if I'm your assistant for the day? Some people may go, I don't want competition, but there may be some people who would say yes. And maybe they would even, you know, take you on and you could work for them. Although some companies aren't crazy about doing that if you're going to start your own thing. But be upfront and honest with people and say, I'm interested in possibly starting a business. Can I shadow you for a day? Whether that be, you know, pet grooming, a doggy daycare, you know, pet sitter, dog walker, dog trainer. It's like you're a real person and you are sharing this, you know, very real story of kind of a magical thing that happened and unfolded. And I love how like each piece kind of led to the next piece. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you could share a little more about, I guess I think of it in a way as when you talk about that sort of locked on or like very focused, it's like very masculine. Mm -hmm. Sort of making space is a kind of feminine way of being. Yeah. And I'd love to hear more about how have you either fed that feminine part and or integrated the two together to to kind of bring your masculine and feminine sides in concert with each other? That's a really cool question. You know, it is a dance. I mean, you were doing this with your hands and I feel like it is sort of a tango (laughs) between the two because they're polar opposites, really. You know, the masculine is very driven and I love that part of me and we all have it. We all have that masculine and that feminine. Some are stronger than others. You know, it depends on the person. Some are a little bit more equally balanced. I think for me, the masculine got very cultivated in owning my business. And that was the part that wasn't really allowing for a relationship because I was super driven. And I still am. I love that part of myself. And it's still very much alive in me. But, you know, I realized that as a woman, being in the masculine all the time is such a method of burnout. Like that is a surefire way to just be exhausted because I think as women, and I'm speaking from myself as a woman, this may not be the case for every single woman out there, but for me, being in the masculine in that driven place all the time, I could just drive, drive, drive myself to death, really. And the Japanese culture, there's something called like death from overworking. You guys can Google that. (laughs) And I'm seeing it here in America too, not necessarily death from that, but people just driving themselves toward exhaustion. And so I came to a certain point in my business before I wanted to create space for a relationship. It was to create space for me, you know? So that was kind of the middle of that process was Kristen is completely burned out. There, I have nothing left to give. You know, what do I need in order to create a more balanced feeling inside? And so for me, and this is not for everyone, but for me, it was travel. Like I knew I need to take a long sabbatical. You know, I had just written six-figure pet sitting. It was a big push to write that book, a lot of masculine energy driving that project. Publishing a book is not for sissies. <laughs> and, and then, you know, immediately upon publishing it, I got on a plane and went to Bali and India 
you know, and I was gone for seven months. So, and I didn't work during that time. And I came back to a lot of emails and calls and speaker invitations. And it was great. You know, a lot of people were like, where have you been? You know, I was in Bali in India. So that was kind of a recalibration period for me. But, you know, you don't necessarily need to do that kind of extreme rebalancing. For those of you I'm thinking that are really burned out, it might be taking a staycation, but really being clear that, you know, maybe getting your house all clean and, you know, as organized as you can prior to that so that you're not cleaning <laughs> while you're at home, you know, and, but really looking at what would be rejuvenating to me. And that, you know, as a woman, at least for me, helps me bring in more of the feminine. And when those are more, the masculine and the feminine are more aligned and kind of walking together, that is the magic right there. You know, you've got the drive and you've got the openness and the receptivity and you've got, you know, the ideas and the excitement, you know, that can be present for the feminine as well. But, you know, really the masculine is like, let's go, let's go. And the feminine's like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm along for the ride. Yeah, I'm excited, you know. And then you have them together. And, you know, if you're just driving as a woman with the masculine, you're going to start having that steam coming out of your ears, you know, like in the cartoons. It's just no way to keep going for most women. I think that might even be true for men, too, to a, a lesser yeah. degree. But, like, yeah. for men to find their sources of rejuvenation and rest. and Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I work with a lot of men, and I feel like I appreciate you bringing them in because there are many, you know, pet business owners who are men. And what I find in my work with them is because of that extreme drivenness, it can be really hard for them to know when to scale back a little bit and just take a deep breath, take care of themselves. And, you know, we all as human beings have some masculine and feminine, like I was saying earlier. So for the men, maybe they don't want to call it femininity. Some men might feel weird about that and that's fine, whatever. And even for oh, some women yeah. with the masculine, whatever it is. backside or the like, yeah, like have a beer and play with your dog side. Or totally. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can call it whatever you want. It doesn't have to be. Well, we know what it really is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I'm curious if there's something that you feel like if I don't share this with the people who I love, with these, you know, wonderful people who you've been creating community with for the past four years now, I would feel regret. Mm. You know, there's, there's something that you're really called to, to share, like the most important piece of advice you could give to, I'm thinking particularly people who are, you know, you shared a lot about people who are starting out. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else for people who are jumping in and considering, or maybe they're a little frustrated and they're just coming into their own as business people and what will take them to the next level? Well, speaking to that, I mean, what I've found that's very 
powerful in my own life as well as working with people is setting goals. It sounds very simple. It's like, oh, goal setting. If you don't set goals, you're really not going to have that roadmap and you're not going to know when you've gotten to where you want to get to, you know? So it's really important. And I think especially setting income goals is extremely powerful and to stretch a little bit, like creating stretch goals. So maybe you're feeling when you like tune into it and you're thinking about how much do I want to make this year? You know, a stretch for you might be 40,000, you know, whereas a stretch for somebody else might be 200,000 or half a million. So, but, you know, really like maybe you think 30, but you feel kind of comfy. Yeah, I can do that. I urge you just to like bump it up a notch in terms of the income because you know, we will bring as much as we think we can handle in terms of money, in terms of abundance, which is not just money, <laughs> it's resources, it's, you know, having support, it's friends, it's quality food, you know, lots of things. So think bigger than you even imagine you know, and stretch. It's not like what I see with people sometimes is setting these super lofty goals. So it's kind of a dance, kind of like the masculine feminine, where you don't want to like set these super high goals that are just unattainable. Like you can't even imagine it at all. You know, I recommend stretching because the psyche can handle that. You know, the psyche can handle a stretch. And it's willing. And, you know, if we don't set those goals, we're really going to not be setting ourselves up for success. I love that. I'm thinking of a workshop in my own life where I have a stretch goal that I feel like is a little past what I feel quite like I could do and not completely outlandish. And I'm curious if you can kind of just give like a tip how to be with that discomfort of being in the kind of exciting, stretchy unknown. Mm, that's such a good question. Let me sit with that for a minute. How to be with that. I think the imagining is important, like to really imagine yourself living that reality, whatever that reality is, whether it's earning more, whether it's having a partner, right? If we can't imagine it, we probably can't create it or it's going to be created by accident rather than on purpose. And if we get it by accident, we're probably going to push it away or sabotage ourselves in some way. So I find in my own life, the imagining, imaginal realm is very powerful. The visioning, the dreaming, it may sound airy-fairy, but I think you know, that's how all inventions start. Maybe not all. Some of them are just like these bursts of whatever that come from wherever they come from, those bursts of inspiration. But for the most part, you know, the things that happen in our life are a result of our imagining them, whether we know that or not. So if we're going through a really negative period, look at what you've been imagining. Look at what you've been worried about. Because that's going to propel the negativity to continue, unfortunately, right? 
but you can stop it. I mean, our minds are really powerful. So imagine yourself. I love to talk with, you know, work with clients on having it all. Like a lot of business owners think they can have a great relationship, but not a successful business. Or, you know, they can have this, but they can't have that. You know, it's like either or, but it can be both and. So it all starts with imagining. So, you know, an action step I would give people that are watching today is to just take five minutes. It's amazing how hard sometimes even giving ourselves five minutes can be. You know, we can fill our lives up with Facebook, <laughs> liking other people's posts, but where, how are we liking ourselves? You know, how, how are we using that? Like your own post. <laughs> Do you like your own, your own little self? Come on, like yourself by giving yourself five minutes to just close your eyes, set a timer so that you create a container, you know, so that your mind's not going, when is this over? You know, you can put that to bed. Sit with yourself and imagine yourself living into the reality that you want to create. And then from there, you may get action steps, you know. In some ways, people can be their own best coach. You know, I work with a lot of coaching clients and it's helpful for them. And you can also coach yourself. And part of that is giving yourself the space, the time, the energy to vision and imagine. That seems like a, a perfect place to kind of not complete, but open, you know, the interview for people so that they can go out into their lives and be in their imaginal realm. And I just want to say that my time with you, both as a friend and in the time we've done some best year yet coaching together, setting goals and being in that creative space of what we really want has been so extraordinary for me creating the bigger and bigger life that I've created. And I just want to appreciate you for that and say that like, if you're thinking about wanting to have that in your life, Kristen is an amazing person to be with, to hold that space for you and to teach you how to hold it for yourself. So congratulations on yet another mega successful year in this prosperous, super mega prosperous pet business conference <laughs> where you've interviewed so many amazing people who are, who are helping and, and supporting and teaching and guiding and inspiring. And I feel like, you know, you just are doing what you're here for in the world and it's beautiful. I think we all can be lifted up and inspired by that, knowing that you're a real person. Thank you for opening up your life in the way that you do. And thanks for being you. Hi there. I hope you enjoyed this segment. And I wanted to let you know that we have some goodies in the show notes if you want to check that out. It's at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash 21. Again, that's prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash 21. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or 
www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.